So uh, there's this book that I read, um, and maybe you have read it too. It's uh, a book by Bhikkhu Bodhi, The Eightfold uh, Path, it's called. I have it here. You can buy it at this place <laughs> when you leave the retreat. Um, I really love this book. I've read it uh, several times. Uh, it's one of the most precious things uh, that I have in my life. You can actually uh, also download it for free on the internet. Not tonight, though. <laughs> in December, for some of you. Um, so I'm kind of trying to learn it by heart. I mean, you know, not every sentences, but all the ideas. Not only learn it by heart, but practice it also, which is the only thing that really counts. Um, so tonight, I, I, my talk is um, strongly influenced by this book. That's like putting it mild, mildly. So how do we um, get on a spiritual path? Uh, usually it doesn't start with, uh, uh, you know, light and ecstasy. Uh, often starts with uh, some, some pain, either a, either a shock kind of pain, like something deep and intense and that shakes us, like throw, throws us uh, like out of our uh, uh, our skates, we say in Canada, our ice skates, you know, <laughs> that's a French expression. When you fall off your, your ice uh, skating, uh, ice skates, <laughs> you know, like that's a, enough of a shock that you... And so there's a, a pain like this that come, and sometimes it, the, the loss of a, lo uh, of a loved one or this uh, the death of a a child, or uh, you learn you have a disease. Uh, so something big happens, and then uh, things are really shaken. Some of our, our core beliefs of uh, uh, solidity, things that we really thought we could count on, be it somebody or health or. Uh, or whatever else uh, we had put, uh, we had made into a refuge, uh, is revealed to not be a refuge. And so that's one way. There's another way where it's not like an intense pain, but more like a, a nagging uh, uh, kind of dissatisfaction. Sometimes uh, it happens to people when they actually get what they wanted for a long time. You know, they get the, either the success or the career or, or something. The finances are in order, health is good, the family is going well. But there's, there's something, uh, maybe we sense that it's uh, insecure, that it could fall uh, apart easily, that uh, something could happen, that it's hard to maintain. And so when these things happen, we can uh, try to forget about it, like set new goals, uh, uh, find new adventures we want to do, or, or, or deny, forget about it, uh, go for a different kind of pleasure. But maybe there's another shock, another thing arrives on the side from left field again, and now we're really shaken. And, uh, and then we, we think there must, be, there must be a way out of this. There's something that is not right. There must be a way out of, out of this. And the Buddha, when he talks about uh, uh, the, the way out of, uh, of suffering, uh, the way towards liberation, he says that the first thing, in, there's a chain of uh, 
there's a name for it, and some of you might know the chain of, not dependent origination, there's another name, the, the chain of liberation, I'll call it like this tonight. So in this chain, the first link that is very important is suffering. To get to liberation, it's very important to y that you have some suffering or some knowledge that you have some suffering. And then the link that is right after, very interesting, is faith. And that's the, what I just described. Something is wrong, that's the suffering. There must be a way out of this trouble. This is like the birth of faith. It's not a huge faith, it's just enough of an opening to start uh, a search. And so when we decide to start uh, on a, uh, our quest for uh, freedom and happiness, a deep happiness, a lasting, long-lasting happiness, uh, then we find ourselves in the supermarket, uh, the spiritual supermarket. There's so many choices we can uh, make, so many direction, uh, so many things are offered to us in workshops, books, uh, on the internet. Uh, uh, people talk about uh, to us about this and that, and uh, and we can go around and shop for a while and mix and match and pick and choose and it's possible to like create a, a little spiritual thing that is very personal you know a bunch of things i like make me makes me feel good uh seem to work uh, fit with the kind of people i want to be with you know there's there's a, all this can be good for a while but when we get uh, more serious after a while uh, we find that uh, we might have to commit to a, a system, a whole system. Uh, it's a little bit like, uh, you know, you, uh, you know, you like kayak, so, but you, you really want to do it quick, you know, so you get the engine from a yacht and you put it on your kayak. You know, sometimes it's a little bit like, like this, the, the spiritual practices that we mix or we, we you know, we really like uh, the, the, the sail, you know, and so we bring it to the yacht, you know. <laughs> so we're stuck with this big sail and no uh, pole to put it on, you know. And so, uh, and so at some point we have to choose and like one way to know completely a system if it works is to actually uh, try it. D try it, I mean like really try it. That means uh, 10 to 20 years uh, <laughs> of dedication to a path or to a system to really see if it works or not. And so we don't have so much time available to, to, to try uh, so many paths. So we have to come up with a, a way that we can, uh, uh, you know, a kind of a s smart way to shop and decide on which path we're going to go on. So, so what are uh, our evaluation, our criteria that uh, we care about? Um, so uh, listen to this and see if you recognize some, something in there. So I'm thinking, well, I want this, uh, this uh, system to, uh, to be able to address uh, completely and very accurately uh, what is the problem in my life, what is the trouble, uh, the, what, what is the range of my suffering. Then I want, uh, I want this system to point uh, to, the, to the, the very source of this suffering I don't want it to, uh, to stay on the symptoms uh, level. I want it to go to the core of the problem. So that's another thing I have in mind. Um, what else do I want? Well, I want this, uh, this system to bring about a complete end of, uh, of the suffering that I, the stress that I feel, the dissatisfaction that I feel, the, the grief of the separation that I feel um, and I want also I want this uh, system or this path to be uh, doable to offer good guidance and something that I can actually uh, do 
not just hear about and it's beautiful and it sounds good, but I can actually do. So tonight, we don't have time to look at many different options. <laughs> so I thought we could go straight to uh, what is of interest to us here and uh, look at, uh, at, uh, at the Buddhist uh, path uh, to see if it uh, fits this. Um, so, as I look at the talk, I think of the talk yesterday that Rebecca uh, gave, I'm surprised to find that it addresses almost <laughs> point by point uh, the criteria that I just uh, set. Uh, so does it, uh, does it address the full range of my, uh, my suffering? Yes, uh, the <laughs> it does. Uh, I mean, it's so thorough that it's uh, it's shocking the first time. No, you. S I I remember for myself the first time I heard this talk on the f uh, four noble truths and especially the first truth. I just couldn't believe how thorough it was. I mean, nothing was left out. The way I'm thinking about it uh, in the last few days is uh, is. Uh, so it mentioned, if you think in terms of the feeling tone of pleasant, unpleasant, and uh, neutral, so, so it says like, okay, so everything that is unpleasant, you're right, it's unpleasant, it's suffering, and uh, everything that is, uh, that is pleasant also ends, and so that brings you suffering right now in your life. And, uh, and if there was anything that we missed, like uh, neither pleasant nor unpleasant, this too is going to pass and, uh, and you cannot count on. So, so it's kind of uh, uh, very thorough. And then the source is not... Uh, uh, then it's the opposite. Instead of having a wide range of s different sources, it's very like it's one thing. The source is not uh, the flat tire, your mother, uh, uh, your bus, uh, some qualities that you haven't developed. It's not many. The source is one. It's your uh, thirst or craving or your, uh, uh, it's this, this attachment, this, uh, this clinging would be the one word we could use tonight, clinging. And, uh, and then it says there is an end that is complete. Uh, we call it Nibbana in Pali. And so this brings about the complete cessation of uh, suffering of your dissatisfaction, of your stress. And then, oh yeah, we, it, 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 there's a path we offer here and it's doable. You can actually walk this path and uh, it's the Eightfold Path. And so, um, this uh, Eightfold Path, there is a, there is a, a, a the Buddha was, uh, was very creative. He did a lot of lists, as you know. Huh? So, and and uh, they're, they're amazing uh, devices to uh, understand the Dhamma and what we're doing. S so this eightfold path can be divided in threefold path uh, of uh, sila, samadhi, and panya. So this path that we're walking on, um, uh, the, the sila part is the higher uh, training in uh, moral discipline and uh, this is uh, made of right speech, right action and right livelihood. Hmm? So what it does uh, we could say is uh, This, uh, this, uh, this uh, wanting to be things uh, different than they are, this wanting to be, uh, this wanting to have to be, or this, this wanting not to have of not to be, this, this movement of pushing things away or wanting to keep things. Uh, uh, when we apply uh, the training in sila, the f or the five precepts, we could say to make it more simple, uh, then what we do is we remove from speech and action 
how these forces, uh, this force inside, uh, would spill out in the world. So that's the kind of first uh, barrier that we put. We say, I'm going to train myself not to uh, lie, not to, not to kill, not to, um, uh, not to uh, have sexual misconduct, hurt by it with my sexuality. Uh, and so what we do is uh, knowing that there is this, this, this force inside of us that uh, leads us to, to suffer, we put a li lid on it so it doesn't spill in the, in the outside of us, in, the, in our environment. So that's the, the sila part. Uh, and then there is the, the samadhi part of the path, which is, uh, is made of uh, right or wise effort, uh, wise uh, mindfulness, and wise uh, concentration. And so what we do when we uh, train in this way is we remove uh, this force of craving. We remove it from inside of us temporarily. While I am, uh, when it's fully developed, when I, when I am, uh, my mind is concentrated, it's gathered and unified, and my attention, uh, uh, my mindfulness is uh, not mixed with what happen what is happening is uh, is knowing what is happening clearly is knowing what is going on these forces are not present in the mind so they're removed from it but they're still uh, latent they're still dormant and so there's the last uh, part of the training uh, the training in higher wisdom of a wise or right uh, um, understanding and wise uh, intention or thoughts. And so only with this wise understanding can we completely uproot uh, this uh, force of uh, craving from our heart-mind. And I remember when I sat a retreat a few years ago at the Forest Refuge with Sayada Upandita, one night he gave a talk, and uh, he was talking about these, um, these three ways, about removing it from our actions and speech, removing uh, the defilements, the, the hatred and the, the greed from, uh, from uh, our actions and speech, and removing it from the mind with concentration temporarily, and then removing it, completely uprooting it, uh, with wisdom, uh, it was so important for him that we understood that, that he had the, the terms in Pali that I do not remember, unfortunately, and I didn't look them up either. <laughs> but he had us almost as a class of like seven-year-olds just repeat on and on these words uh, so we could learn them uh, by heart, you know. And so he was basically saying it's very important that you remember that there's three, uh, three jobs to be done. They have to be removed from our actions, but that's not enough. And when we get concentrated and calm, and there's uh, uh, what is there in the mind, calm or joy or uh, contentment, and the mind is uh, unified, the job is not done either. These forces have to be uprooted. And so he was having us repeat these words a uh, number of times so we could really remember uh, there's three not to get uh, because I have good conduct it doesn't mean it's not latent because it's not in my mind right now it doesn't mean it's gone so that was very important for him uh, to pass on this message to us And so, um, as you saw yesterday, these four noble truths, they end with the path. That's the last thing that is talked about. There is suffering, there is a cause, there is the end, and there is a path. And when you look at the, uh, this Eightfold Path, you'll see that it ends with uh, uh, the wisdom group, 
uh, the, of the threefold uh, division. And the wisdom group, what it is basically, is this complete understanding of the Four Noble Truths. So they're locked in together. The, f the Four Noble Truths ends with the Eightfold Path, and the Eightfold Path ends with the Four Noble Truths. So this is the whole system here. And the way you can think about it is uh, the teaching is the Four Noble Truths, the practice is the path. Or the doctrine is the Four Noble Truths, and uh, the discipline is the Eightfold Path. So they're locked in together. Bhikkhu Bodhi in his book says, and if you were to ask the question, which one is more important? That would be a very strange question. But if we had to answer it, the answer would be the path is more important. Because the path is what will reveal the, the truth. The path is, is what will bring about the end of uh, stress and dissatisfaction. And so I just presented the threefold division of the eightfold path. If, it, if some parts of it gets too complex for you, because I don't it, it is, just like, don't even, tr you know, just give up for now. <laughs> Not the whole talk, get a few things, hopefully. <laughs> but like the, the, the some of the, the division and things, you know, like that's, that's all theory. But there's things that you're going to hear that you can use, I hope. And so if I, I give you the, the list of the actual eightfold path, not in its threefold division of grouping, but in, the, in its order of the eight links, you will find that it starts with right uh, understanding when I give the threefold division, it finishes with right understanding. And when I give the eightfold division, it starts with it. And that might look a little strange. Like, why is that? Why do they, don't they keep the same order? It's very interesting. It's because to get on the path, you have to have a minimum of right understanding. Otherwise, it's not possible to start this path. And the minimum right understanding could be just what I said at the very beginning of the talk, which is, there is something wrong with this picture. There must be an answer to this human predicament. So there has to be a little understanding that something is off, that something is not quite right. That's the way we get on this path. Now there's eight link on this path and they're not like sequential. You, mu you might think of it more like um, like the strands of um, a big uh, wire. So it's like every one of the little wire helps you uh, move along. If you had only one, it would snap. So that's how you can think of the, the Eightfold Path. And so let me name uh, them, these, uh, these uh, eight uh, links of this path. So there's... Uh, uh, Right understanding, uh, there's the use of this word right, and it's, it, there's two ways it's translated. It's often right or wise. Uh, so wise is good, uh, especially because it, it doesn't put like, it's not like bad and good, wrong, and it's, it's more like wise in the sense of what is l uh, leading towards uh, happiness and peace. So that's very important to understand it like this. Even if I use the word right during the talk, it's not, uh, it's not like a very harsh, it's right, that it's wrong. It's, it's more like in terms of uh, this wish that we share to be happy and to, uh, to be away from suffering. So that it, in this sense, this is the right path or the right understanding. So right understanding, right intention, 
right speech, action, livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness and concentration. So let's look a little bit at uh, wise understanding or right understanding. Uh, an understanding we have or a view that we have is, is kind of a, a decision that we make on what is uh, true and real. And in our case, uh, this is not always conscious. This is actually probably mainly unconscious. We're not, we, we're not clear about what uh, everything that we believe is right or uh, is uh, everything we understand, how we understand things. We're not always clear about this, but it's still uh, underneath every one of our actions and intentions, uh, it's present. So in this sense, uh, right uh, understanding is what is, uh, what we decide is true and that is in accord with reality. And uh, wrong understanding or wrong view would be uh, what we take uh, as being uh, true, but it's not. So it's uh, confirming the false as reality. So we seek something clearly as true, but it's actually not true. And the Buddha said there is no single uh, factor so responsible for the suffering of living beings as wrong view, and no factor so potent in promoting the good of living beings as right view. So it's extremely important. So what are the kind of basic mistakes that uh, uh, we make in our understanding of the world? Well, the, one of the main one is that our actions have no consequences. And here we have to be very, uh, uh, very uh, careful with this because it's very interesting how intellectually I'll say, I know my actions have consequences. I know this very, this is my view, this is my belief. But if you look at my actions all the time, it's not consistent. And if you look at your actions, you might find the same thing. Uh, for example, today I was talking uh, to Yogi and we were talking about this a little bit, the fact that uh, one can take uh, little breaks from meditation sometimes and fantasizing about something, thinking there's no consequences about this, that it's just a little break, you know, and that it's actually pleasant and it's not harmful because I put so many out. But that's where we suddenly forget that our actions have consequences. So that's in a very small little, uh, little place. And also to be aware, this is not like guilt tripping here. <laughs> very important. This is always in terms of the wish that we have for happiness and the wish to be away from suffering. Another, another uh, view that, we, uh, that is wrong for us is often is that we think that there is a separate self, rigid self. Uh, and this leads to uh, a lot of trouble. Uh, we think, uh, we see things that are impermanent as being permanent. And we see a, a lasting satisfaction where there is no lasting satisfaction. So these are like the basic um, 
views that, uh, that, uh, that, that are clouded, that are not right for us. Also, there's a way to talk about this uh, right understanding, and you can divide it in two big uh, mode, uh, different, dif uh, de uh, depending on what you're interested in. So there's a way where uh, it's called the mundane right view, and this is if your goal is to have a relative uh, happiness, uh, a happiness that is uh, in relation to this, uh, to, to the, the, the r uh, relative reality. And then there's another right view that is the right view if you're interested in full, complete liberation, in ultimate happiness. So if you're interested in relative happiness, there is uh, one kind of right view you can go for. And if you're interested in ultimate happiness, then you, there's another right view that is even higher. So you have to decide now which, uh, <laughs> which do you go for. So this, uh, this uh, relative uh, 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 happiness that we can get from right view is uh, the only thing that you have to understand very well is kama, is that actions have consequences. Knowing this in your experience, not just intellectually, but finding this out for yourself, uh, and knowing uh, what is a wholesome kama, what is leading towards, uh, towards uh, uh, wholesome results and knowing what is an unwholesome uh, route for karma, what is leading to unwholesome results. If you know this, you can have a relative happiness uh, in this life. Because there's this saying from the Buddha that you've, you might have heard uh, already a few times. Listen to this again. Beings are the owners of their actions, the heirs of their actions. They spring from their actions, are bound to their actions, and are supported by their actions. You've heard this before, no? Many of you. For me, this is like the kind of sentence I like to contemplate, spend a, l a lot of time on. I mean, it does say uh, beings spring from their action. And depending on the translation, you'll see, you'll see beings are born from their actions. This is not just like, uh, you know, we... Uh, we, we, I do a certain kind of action and there's a result later. It's kind of outside of me, but I, I get the result. This is not what this is saying. This is saying you are the result. What you're made of, how you're experiencing the world, like it, it's, it's a little bit closer than just the result from the outside, you know, like the way we think of karma, uh, the way it's presented often, you know, that it, uh, you did something, so you get something later. To me, it's, it's like, uh, it's, it's one thing if I think I, I throw a rock at the, a frog when I was a kid, and I get a rock in the head uh, one day by a kid by the lake. You know, like that's kind of very outside. It's not so... Uh, but when I think that this is what I'm made of, I don't know, for me, there's, a, there's something in there that is very close. Um, and so let's look a little bit at the unwholesome roots. And this, this, this love, karma, is very easy. Unwholesome roots leads to unwholesome result. Wholesome roots leads to wholesome results. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's that simple. So what's unwholesome? what is uh, blameworthy, what is detrimental to spiritual development, what is conducive uh, to suffering uh, for myself and others, what is wholesome uh, is what is praised by the wise, is what is uh, 
conducive towards liberation and is what is, uh, is uh, leading away from suffering for myself and for others. There is a there is a, a beautiful uh, there's there's a collection of uh, stories called the Terigata. It's from the from uh, uh, the nuns and the, the spiritual women of the time of the Buddha. And this you can put on your list. This is an amazing uh, amazing stories and and, and uh, poems from uh, enlightenment poems from. Uh, nuns and an amazing practitioner of the time of the Buddha and there's a story in there that I like uh, very very much it's uh, uh, the story of uh, Punika so there's this young uh, uh, servant who's, uh, who's practicing the Dhamma and is, has gone very far and uh, she goes to fetch water by the Ganges and um, and I, I especially like her story because in the description, if you read it, she has a little edge. Like today, if we were to, to uh, picture her, she would be a little bit like punkish. You know, she, she would have like a little, uh, like don't mess with me kind of, uh, kind of thing. And I like, th I like this about her. She, she's, uh, she has a lot of guts. <laughs> so she goes to fetch the water by the Ganges and there's a Brahmin that is there and he's doing his uh, ablution. You call, how do you call it? Ab yeah, so it's, uh, and she's, uh, she's like, I have my old, <laughs> I, I see it at the time, she's like, she's watching him, she's like, hey, what are you doing here, you know, <laughs> it's early, it's cold, we're freezing, the air is cold, the water is dirty and cold, you know, what are you doing here, I have no choice, I, she says, I have no choice, I have to come here, because otherwise I get beaten up, you know, so I have to come and fetch the water. That's my job. But you, what's the? Why are you are you here? You don't have to be here. You have money. You have a good life. You know, why do you come down here? And he's saying, well, it's because I'm I'm coming to wash uh, away my uh, bad actions that I've uh, done, and so I have to come here and and uh, put water on myself and clean out the my bad actions. And she's like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> She's really like, don't mess with me, you know, like, she, she, she's like, what are you saying? It's like, does that mean that all the frogs, the crocodiles, you know, they're, they're all clean from their, uh, from what bad they have done, you know? Does it mean that you can kill anyone and just come here and take a bath, you know? Does it really work like this? You know, like, I, I said, I think what brings you here is fear. You have fear because of the bad stuff you have done. Let me tell you a little, little, uh, little uh, advice. If some things you do bring you fear, don't do them. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, like, wow. <laughs> I was going the wrong way. You made me see. You, you're right. You're totally right. Who's your teacher? And she said, it's the Buddha. And he takes refuge right then and there. The Buddha is, is going to be my uh, lord and guide. I'm going to follow his instructions. And so that's her teaching on Kama. If there's something that uh, you fear doing, just don't do it. Okay, so if, uh, if you chose the the latter, <laughs> and you went for a a full uh, liberation, freedom from complete freedom from stress, dissatisfaction, sorrow, lamentation, grief, despair, death, birth, and uh, and the likes. Um, what you have to do, your task, is to uh, to penetrate completely uh, these four noble truths. And so you, uh, we hear about them, we learn about them, we, uh, we have to understand them intellectually, 
that's very important. Then we try to match it with our experience. So we're on the cushion, we're, we're in the walking path, we're in the lunch line, and we try to see. Uh, so make, you can make this uh, a frame of reference for your practice, these four truths. Somebody was uh, talking about the investigation this morning, so that's like one way to investigate reality is to use, uh, to use uh, the f uh, four um, noble truths as a reference. Which one are you in right now kind of thing? You know? So when there is suffering, to recognize it, there is suffering. When you can see the cause that there's a wanting for something to be different, uh, then you can recognize it. And so, I don't know if I said that last week, I have this memory, maybe not, but I'll repeat it if I did. There's this way that in, in, uh, in one of the sutta, the, there's this um, advice that to change your point of reference from I, I'm like this, I'm like that, this is how I feel, to, to drop this and start using the point of reference of the Four Noble Truths. Is this suffering? Uh, what is the cause of this suffering? This suffering has ended. Uh, am I using this, this path to address what is going on right now? So to drop the story of I and just replace it by the Four Noble Truths. And so there's the learning, then the, the reflection and the, uh, the, the knowing it experience and experientially. And then there's like the deep penetration that happens uh, at the end of the path where uh, uh, when all uh, the mind is, uh, is unified and all this, the seven factors, for those of you who know these factors, I mean, so there's, there's a balance of energy uh, and, uh, and calm and concentration and the mindfulness is extremely sharp and this has been done for a long time. At some point, it is said that the eyes, the eye of wisdom, will open and turn towards the unconditioned nibbana, and will take this as an object. And then, at the moment when this happens, the four truths will be completely understood. The first truth will be understood, the truth of uh, suffering. Because when we will take as an object this unconditioned, this not changing, this permanent, we will realize that all the rest of our experience as a human being, all the rest of phenomena was shaky, unreliable, conditioned. So we will understand that all of this was suffering. Then we will also get uh, the cause very clearly because we will have let go at that moment of craving. And so we will see that it was the cause of suffering. We will have uh, Nibbana as, a, as an object and it will be clearly uh, uh, non-suffering and then we will see that we did walk the path and that it was a good path to walk on so that's the culmination of uh, the Eightfold Path and also the culmination of uh, right uh, uh, understanding now I want to talk a little bit about uh, wise uh, intention and so right in the middle between our views our beliefs and how we act in the world right in the middle of this there is uh, intention that makes the link between the two so that's a very crucial point and this week there was instruction to be aware of intention before moving or intention when you get to the end of the path before you start turning 
to notice the this gathering of uh, of uh, of energy or this about to moment that I think uh, Patricia talked about, and so that's like the beginning of our looking at intention. And so if we're able to do this here in silence and with concentration and develop an attention to, uh, to this intention, then we'll be able to do this in life. And then uh, uh, what we'll start seeing is that uh, maybe actually we're going to see exactly what the Buddha to be saw just before his enlightenment. He was... Uh, he discovered like a way to classify. He was a classifier. That was how his mind was made. Uh, he classified things. And so he saw that there was two classes in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, intentions. There was wholesome intentions and unwholesome ones. And uh, and he said that when he was following the wholesome intentions, it was leading away uh, from suffering, following the wholesome intentions. It was leading towards uh, greater understanding and freedom. Uh, so it was conducive. And when he had unwholesome intention, he could see that trouble was following right after. And that it was also taking him away uh, from wisdom and freedom. So he started to just uh, let go, abandon uh, the unwholesome ones, and follow and develop, maintain, sustain, cultivate the wholesome intentions. And that's how uh, he reached the end of the path. So the three wholesome intentions are renunciation, kindness, and harmlessness. So he said that when he was following this, it was leading onward. He also saw or experienced that the unwholesome in intentions of greed, hatred, and cruelty were leading away from his goal. In a way, it's very, very simple, no? It's, it's, it seems very simple. But then we have to, uh, to do it, to be attentive and, uh, and do it. And so uh, I, Annie already gave a talk on uh, renunciation. I just wanted to add my little bit uh, on it and some of Bhikkhu Bodhi's bit also for you. Um, the first time I sat a retreat, and uh, many, many things happened on that first retreat in Thailand, many things I've, I heard uh, where I heard the first noble truth first and it, it was uh, to me it was so good that somebody was telling the truth you know that this there is suffering like it's not your fault it's not because you mess up you know things don't go uh, the way you want all the time or that that's how I heard it it's not your fault because I always had the feeling like life should flow you know and if it goes wrong, it's probably my fault. Otherwise, it's somebody else's fault. But this truth is saying, no, no, no. Things uh, don't go your way all the time. We are often separated from what we want. It's not because you did something wrong. But the suffering can be addressed. But things will not go your way all the time. Anyway, that's one of the things I heard. But another thing that I heard... Uh, was this very intriguing <laughs> sentence, and that's another like brain hacking like last week. Somebody said that the, uh, the Buddha had said, my heart leaps 
with joy at the thought of renunciation. And I remember when I heard this, I, I like not mine, <laughs> you know, like mine doesn't. <laughs> and and for me also, what drove this, um, what made it even more intriguing is that, uh, you know, I I was coming from a, uh, a culture of accumulation and 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 getting better quality this and more of that and and then I find myself in this monastery in Thailand and and uh, the, the monks have one robe one bowl they have this huge smile uh, they sleep sleep in this hut and that is like a cement floor with a little uh, thing that I use for the beach you know to 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 go on the beach I don't find it even very good for the beach <laughs> they sleep on this and and uh, I remember Actually, I was thinking about this today, and I thought, that's memory, like, you have to be careful. But I'll, I'll tell you, that's what I remember. It doesn't mean it's the truth. <laughs> what I remember is that one of the monks showed me his pillow, and it was a lug, a wood lug. <laughs> and I remember being very impressed by this, but now I can't, like, I'm thinking, Am I, did I dream that? Because it's so many years ago. Memory is like this, huh? So, so I'm pretty sure, like, why would I invent that? I don't know. But I, I remember, like, this, this, this is really like renunciation, but I just remember how happy the monks were and, and, and how little they had. And mix this with this sentence from the Buddha, my heart leaps with joy at the thought of renunciation. I thought, I, I, want, I want to know that. I want to know that. And... Uh, and on, on this path, this is what we find, is that renunciation is not, uh, is, is, now I, my heart leaps with joy at the thought of renunciation. I, for me, it's synonymous with contentment, simplicity, uh, very, very much linked to contentment. And so to be careful about the association we make with renunciation it's not like going from uh, from having to uh, to uh, uh, scarcity or uh, it, it's not like this it's uh, what we are renouncing on this path and actually the whole path is a path of renunciation more and more renunciation but what we're renouncing is suffering it's what leads to suffering it's uh, we're renouncing a scattered, excited mind for a calm, quiet, and gathered mind. This is the kind of stuff we're re renouncing, being all over the place in the past and the future, and what about me, and what does it mean about me, and we're renouncing all this. We let go of all this to come to uh, uh, some uh, uh, inner peace and... and, uh, and um, some some enoughness. Some, I don't know how to word it exactly, but these qualities very bright, very beautiful. Um, and so that's the the uh, we're we're renouncing des the desire that that uh, that is is um, this desire. It's like we're renouncing getting the like the horse that is looking. You know, is going because of the carrot you know you put a carrot in front of the horse and it keeps him going that is desire the idea is not to get the carrot the idea is to keep you going that's the idea of the carrot so desire is is like this it's to keep you going the one thing that you're sure of when you have desire is that there is lack that is the the experience of wanting something is that there is a lack I think I heard uh, Guy Armstrong who will be here, I think, for the second part of the three-month retreat, saying desire has a built-in frustration factor in it. It's, it's, uh, and so that's what we're basically working at renouncing, is this lack. If you look at, uh, at desire in this way, you'll see that uh, when I, I, uh, I want something, 
it's painful. If I don't get it, it's painful. If I get it, then I don't want to lose it. I want more of it. I want to control it. It's painful. And if I got it and it goes away because it will, then it's painful. So it's painful in the beginning, in the middle, and in the end. And renunciation also is not going to be something that will be forced on us. Renunciation is something that happens uh, out of understanding. So as we practice and our view is becoming more clear and we see what leads to suffering and are not, again, because of this very basic wish for happiness, when when we see what leads away from it, of course we let it go. So it happens with understanding. Well, of course, I'm saying this and habits are strong, not to be uh, uh, underrated, not to be... uh, But uh, the the renunciation is not something that has to be forced upon us. We don't have to force any renunciation. Uh, We we fall into it, we we slide into it uh, from uh, wisdom. I'm doing much better than the last time I tried this because I tried the Eightfold Path talk once and I didn't get to the Eightfold Path. But no <laughs> now I have two links in and I have three minutes. <laughs> so the next group is this, this, the Sila group or the moral discipline of... Uh, of uh, right uh, speech, right action, and right livelihood. And uh, this, uh, there will be a whole talk on this subject uh, later in this retreat. So you'll hear m- much more about it. But t- to say that uh, um, this, uh, uh, this discipline is, is not only uh, leading and to, um, you know, when we have right speech, right action, and right livelihood, and if everybody did, then there would be uh, in society a lot of harmony. Right action being uh, avoiding killing, uh, avoiding uh, taking what is not offered, and the the sexual uh, part on commitment or non-harming through sexuality. So if everybody was to respect uh, these and the right speech of not harsh or lying, uh, divisive speech or, uh, or empty uh, gossiping, if we were all to really practice this, then society would be, uh, the, the, the amount of conflict in society would be reduced to a very minimum, if you can imagine this. Also psychologically, it's very good to uh, have no remorse, no agitation in the mind, no guilt uh, about our actions. Uh, so these are our truth. But more than this, this practice of uh, ethics is a requirement uh, f- for liberation. It's, uh, it's, a, it's part of the purification of the mind and, the, and the, it's what makes it possible to gather, unify the mind, make it laser-like and strong so it can actually uh, see through all the concepts, proliferation, uh, judgment, interpretation, perception, conceptions that, that we have that is between us and what really is. And so uh, we start by uh, clearing our mind so it can, it can uh, rest and then, uh, and then the job can be done of seeing what, uh, what, what is going on, really.
And so I'll finish with this, uh, for tonight, with this um, poem that I have here, also from the Terigata, uh, from uh, the nun uh, Suba. Mm. You can close your eyes and listen to this. My attention is unshaken by joy or pain, praise or blame. I know there is no happiness in anything born from a cause, and I cling to nothing. I follow the welfare and travel on the great eightfold way. The arrow is out. There are no obsessions in my mind. Having gone in the empty house, I rejoice. Thank you for your attention. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.